0: Hi, this is uh, Brian Mann doing a My Thoughts Monday blog for the CVASP website, uh, podcast, whatever it happens to be. What I'd like to talk about here is basically being upfront with yourself about where your athletes are. Now, we have to remember that most athletes in most sports have got actually a very, very low training age. So the methods that we choose to train somebody with a low training age, such as a beginner or an intermediate is completely different than what we would do for an advanced or even an elite trained athlete sometimes we get athletes that are just genetically gifted and we think that oh we've got to give them the most advanced program possible to make sure that they reach the highest level here's the deal while they might be genetically gifted they are not elite trained they're not advanced trained they're going to see far better results as from training like a beginner or an intermediate Uh, they'll have the biggest increases in power and speed we have to stop and think and be realistic with ourselves about how many times that we're actually dealing with freaks that come in who are both completely advanced trained and an elite level athlete. Uh, in, in my 18 year career, there's been only a handful. And, uh, by some certain standards, people would say that there was only one. And that guy happened to be a seven time world champion, multiple time Olympian and silver medalist. Uh, and quite frankly, I was blessed to work with him and really aid him in working by himself. Now, along those lines, we also have to make sure that we are doing things in the proper order. You know, there there needs to be things that are developed and in place before other things, like you need to be able to uh, be strong before you're doing things like depth jumps or, or something like that. Uh, and Uh, We need to make sure that we're following the proper progressions, that you start out with uh, a, a traditional Western periodization program right off the bat. And not even necessarily Western periodization, but a progressive overload where we are trying to just take the one exercise and get the most bang for the buck that we can. All too often, I think that coaches are getting bored and they are wanting to give more and more advanced methods. And you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, earlier on in my career, I was that guy. I was giving very high level programs to people who were not ready for it, like women's soccer teams, because I was bored. And whenever you get down to it, whenever I, uh, we did pre and post tests with those athletes, Whenever I use the advanced levels of programming that I thought this was going to be the greatest program in the world, we didn't see any results. Why did we not see any results? Because these athletes were not prepared for that type of programming. Uh, elite level advanced programming methods should be used for advanced age training needs. And now advanced age, I don't mean 60 and 70 years old. I mean that whenever they have trained for three and four or five years consistently. And I throw that word in consistently on purpose because we have many athletes who they will train uh, whenever they are forced to, and then anytime there's time off, they won't train at all. Uh, for instance, many sports don't have the ability to have their athletes stay there over the summer uh, because there's no budget, no scholarship budget to be able to, to have the athletes stay there over the course of the summer. And then many athletes, in my experience, who are not as serious, go home, do absolutely nothing, and then they come back, and they're essentially back at a zero training age every year. So whenever you're dealing with those kinds of athletes, why then do you think that they would be ready for an advanced training means? They are just ready for the basics and the beginnings once again. We need to be realistic with ourselves. We need to make sure that we are training the athletes for where they are and not for where you are in your level of boredom. Save the advanced training methods for the occasional freak that you get and make sure that your viewpoints on what a freak are are legitimate. If you think that your entire team is made up of freaks, your vision is skewed. Uh, if you think that in your entire career you've had a handful of freaks, you're probably thinking about right. So make sure that whenever you're training your athletes, you go for the level that they are at and not the level for like what you want to do out of boredom. Uh, some examples for for myself and my own training and my own programming. I start everybody out now on the 1x20. And I think that the 1x20 has gotten a bad rap because... It's a number, one set of 20 repetitions. Well, really, it's an intensification block whenever you get down to it. It's GPP intensification. You take 20, 25 exercises so that you're hitting the muscle from different angles, the joint from different angles, and you are just rolling through that and progressively each session adding on five pounds or additional repetition or something. And then you go to 14s, and then you go to 14 and 8, and then you go by 2 by 8, and then you're ready to go into different things. What... Are those different things? Well, it depends on the athlete and the time of year. If it is an athlete where you have uh, a long-term, in between now and the, the competitive season, then you will obviously do something different than the athlete who is going into the end season. Going into the end season, you would be picking more specific exercises. Uh, going into additional longer off-season, you would be picking what does that athlete need? Um, are they at that magic double body weight? If they're not, if they're weak still, then you would be giving them something like the APRE. If they are rock solid, then I might look at something with velocity or accentuated eccentrics or uh, overspeed eccentrics or something along those means. And always test. You're not going to know where somebody is unless you are testing. And it doesn't have to be something that is time-intensive or physically taxing. Uh, the isometric mid-thigh pole, whenever somebody does that test, they're ready to go again in a few minutes. Uh, it's not like a 1RM test that took 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour to perform just that one test. We're talking a total of a uh, minute and 12 seconds. Six seconds for the pre- first rep, a minute break, six, rep, uh, six seconds for the second rep. There's your peak force number. There's your strength measure. You want something else? Let's get an explosive measure. Let's get a counter movement jump. You can look at it by height or you can look at it uh, if you've got force plates, then by all means, of course, use the force plates for uh, for, for that as well. Speed measure. Let's look at whatever the speed is, a 10 meter, a 20 meter, whatever it is, keep it shorter. Uh, in some research that we've done that we're working on publishing right now, we found that uh, whenever they, they essentially you could replace a 10 or a 20 with a 40 yard dash. You didn't have to go and risk hamstrings to get a speed number to see if your program was working. So you can test at these shorter distances that do not have that intense effect on the body due to the times. And then uh, change of directions. If you want to do a 505 or a pro agility or what have you, uh, that's a little bit more time intensive. Uh, The 505 is pretty quick, especially if you're using uh, timing gates of some sort. Uh, But you can, you know, whatever it is you, you test. And then whenever you're testing, find what matters, what causes the athlete to improve and what does the athlete need to do to improve? If they are getting faster and jumping higher, simply by getting stronger, keep that sucker rolling. Retest them every four to six weeks. Just keep going with what you're doing. Whenever they quit jumping higher and running faster and changing direction better, figure out what it is. And there's a lot of different testing means and different uh, algorithms that you can use to predict what does this individual need. And honestly, some of it comes down to intuition as well. And you'll only get that from being in the game longer and doing this longer, seeing your athletes test longer. And... uh, Utilizing different methods and being wrong. Uh, and guys, I want to tell you something. It is okay to be wrong. If you are always right, guess what? That means you've never tried anything. You've never pushed the envelope. And you've never just tried to go out and make a better athlete. You're going to be wrong sometimes. And that's okay. Guess what? Everybody fails sometimes. Sometimes. If you do the same thing year after year after year you're always gonna get the same result sometimes it's a good thing Uh, for instance if you've got a sport where you have got uh, a high risk of ACL tear and if you found one thing that keeps you from having ACL tears keep rolling it keep rocking it keep it going but that doesn't mean that everything in your program has to stay the same so that's me ranting for about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, maybe you got something from it. And uh, please share as you wish on your social media of choice if you got something from it. Or do whatever to help Jay Mayo out. All right. Thanks. Bye.